It is Friday, February 9th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. NFL Awards handed out last night. And the countdown to kickoff begins. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson wins his second MVP. And we are here, Super Bowl weekend in Vegas. We know what the Vegas lead is, AJ. Let's talk first, though, before we get into our Super Bowl coverage. The NFL Honors Award Show last night. I uh, watched a little bit of it. Um, didn't see uh, Keegan's full monologue, but I did see some of the uh, jokes. And he said, uh, you know, it, it was like 520 because it was in Vegas. Like you can bet on anything. Yeah, yeah. And then he was like uh, making a joke about the Cowboys failing in the playoffs, like 5-1. to one. You know, it's Yeah. Like, it's very funny. It's cute. Anyway, um, no surprise on some of the awards. In fact, some that we nailed right here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Kevin Stefanski, Coach of the Year. Hard to argue with a guy who lost his starting quarterback, starting running back, backup quarterback, third string quarterback. <laughs> and still made the playoffs. And still made the playoffs. I, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't think I, I don't think Kevin Stefanski's any great shakes as a head coach in the NFL. But this season, what he what he was able to do with the hand he was dealt is really undeniable. And the fact that Joe Flacco carried this team down the stretch to a playoff appearance mm-hmm. is incredible to me. And, um, yeah, much to me, this is much more warranted than his first uh, Coach of the Year award. Yeah, and Cleveland took home several awards. Miles Garrett was the Defensive Player of the Year, and Jim Schwartz, the Assistant Coach of the Year, who did a tremendous Hard job with that on either. Yeah, Jim yeah. Schwartz. We talk about Steve Spagnuolo as one of the top defensive coaches in the NFL, what what Jim Schwartz did with the Cleveland Browns defense, they were the best in the league this year. I remember, as a Bills fan, I remember being so angry when Rex Ryan came to Buffalo and... Because he knocked Jim Schwartz out Schwartz of the job. Schwartz was out, yeah. and I was like, why? It, and I, I mean, obviously, he wanted to install his... But Jim Schwartz is just, to me, he's one of the, if not the best defensive coordinator mm-hmm. in the game. He continues to prove it year after year, so... Uh, yeah, it, 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 he's he is absolutely and no knock to Spagnola, who's also very good, but I, I think he's absolutely legit. And the comeback player of the year, Mr. Joe Flacco, playing just five games. Joe Flacco, the comeback player of the year. This is the right selection, hundred percent. And there's, uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of real sad betters who in the offseason, bet DeMar Hamlin, mm-hmm. I'm sure, at like minus 2,000 or something. With DeMar stupid. Hamlin blowing a minus 2,000 lead, is that worse than the Falcons blowing 28-3 in the Super Bowl? has to be worse. <laughs> but, but it, I mean, DeMar Hamlin got in in like garbage time. He played like a couple games. special teams yeah. plays. Joe Flacco led, led a team to the playoffs coming off the couch. Yep. That is what this award should be. To me, Joe Flacco was the rightful winner, and this is this is what the award is all about. So I, I, I think this is the I, – I was worried that it was going to be a feel-good story and they had to say DeMar Hamlin. This is the right answer. Joe Flacco deserves this award. For the second year in a row, one team 
sweeps the Rookie of the Year award. Last year, it was the Jets sweeping Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year with Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. And this year, D'Amico Ryan's Houston Texans sweep the award with quarterback C.J. Stroud, the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson, the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Consider this. Both of those players missed two full games this season with injury. <laughs> the, I mean, they were so far and away. And I, I said this to – I was talking to some guys in Houston radio today at, uh, at Radio Row, and we were discussing the, the – you know, the it was basically a given that C.J. Stroud was going to be Rook of the Year uh, yesterday. And I said, I almost feel bad for Puka Nakua, who we also saw at Radio Row mm-hmm. yesterday – because literally any other year... He's the offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, he set the rookie record for receiving. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. the best rookie receiver maybe in the history of time. No, not this year. Because C.J. CJ Stroud was just such a special player this year. I, I, there was no doubt about either one of these. Like, there, was, there wasn't much of a discussion. Uh, Javon Carter, I think, early in the season, or uh, Jalen Carter, excuse me, mm-hmm. was, uh, I think he was the favorite early on. But it became pretty obvious quickly that he's just a piece in in a really not that great defense. Will Anderson was an impactful player. Yeah. Uh, and even when you take, like, he wasn't a, a massive sacks guy, but you talk about pass rush win, win, win rate, uh, run stop win rate. He was up on all of those. Uh, he was constantly hitting the quarterback even when he wasn't getting sacks. He is a game wrecker. It was easy choices for the rookie of the years. And the MVP, well, Offensive Player of the Year is Christian McCaffrey. There was really no surprise there. Which basically is the MVP non-quarterback version. Although McCaffrey was one of the three finalists for the MVP. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson wins the MVP, and I'm not happy about this because I don't think Lamar Jackson had an MVP season. I think Lamar Jackson was the quarterback on the best team in the league. Who had an MVP season then? I, I think... Brock Purdy had better Lamar, numbers. Lamar Jackson humiliated Brock Purdy in a head-to-head matchup. I understand like that. it would have been wild to do it. I, I understand that. I think Josh Allen had better numbers. I I do too. But Josh Allen also was on a lesser team, and his turnover numbers That's were so yep. it was so awkward. But and listen, there's high risk, high reward. Josh Allen is that guy. It's mm-hmm. very Brett Farvish. Uh, and you're gonna ha- like you have to deal with that. If you if you're if you're backing Josh Allen to do good, you got to know there's gonna be some some bad that comes with it. But off the top of your head, AJ Lamar Jackson, what number did he rank in passing yardage this year in the regular in season? passing yardage? Passing yardage. What number? Where do you think he ranked? Tenth, fifteenth, fifteenth in the NFL in passing yardage. 3,678 yards. That means 14 quarterbacks in the NFL had more passing yardage than Lamar Jackson. All right, top of your head, where did Lamar rank in passing touchdowns? Uh, Probably about the same, 15th, I guess. 11th. Okay. 11th. 10 other quarterbacks had more passing touchdowns than the 24 Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott had 36 passing touchdowns. Lamar had 24. I mean, I understand, like, all right, you're going to say the rushing touchdowns. Like, that's a, that is what separates this guy. Okay. Lamar Jackson had a nice season running the football. No one's going to deny that. How many right? rushing touchdowns did he have? That, you're, like, jumping ahead of me now, okay? I'm sorry. You know, I'm trying to, like, set something up here. I'm trying to have some fun, and you're, like, jumping, jumping the gun. 
Lamar Jackson <laughs> this year had rushing touchdowns, five. Five rushing touchdowns this year. Ask me how many Josh Allen had. Well, I was going to ask you how many quarterbacks had more than five rushing touchdowns. But, guy, tell me about Josh Allen. Josh Allen had 15 rushing touchdowns. 15. In the regular season. Yeah. That's not counting the, I think, three in the postseason. Like, Josh Allen was, like, a, basically a, a rushing touchdown per game this season. 15 rushing touchdowns. So, Lamar Jackson, let's, let's just go over this again, had the 15th most passing yards in the NFL. He had the... 11th most passing touchdowns in the NFL. And his five rushing touchdowns were 10 less than Josh Allen, 10 less than Jalen Hurts. And we're talking about him as the... He had one less rushing touchdown than Josh Dobbs. And he's the he's the most valuable player in the NFL. It's tough. Uh, he's the most valuable player in the NFL. I don't think so, but I, and I'm not I'm not trying to knock the year he had. He I mean he had an incredible year, especially given what happened last season. Well, they won football games. Sure, Lamar Jackson had a had a decent season for a quarterback, but the football team won games. Don't say Lamar Jackson had an incredible season. Lamar Jackson had a good season. He Lamar had pro, Jackson had a good season. He had a Pro Bowl season. You know who had an incredible season? Dak Prescott had an incredible season. Dak Prescott threw for 4,516 yards with 36 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Dak Prescott had an incredible season. Tua had a great season. Too many interceptions, but Tua had a great season. C.J. freaking Stroud had an incredible season. Lamar Jackson had a good season. Let's put it this way. If I said next year, mm-hmm. if we were going off of, uh, we use this this on our on, on pregame regularly. We do a, a blend of QBR and PFF grade. Yep. I'm gonna I, like you tell me Lamar higher or lower going into next season. Like if, if you said next season, like forget this season. Do we think Lamar will rank here next season? Will he rank above or below Patrick Mahomes? Below. Josh Allen. Below. Joe Joe Burrow. Healthy Joe Burrow, full season. Healthy Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert. With Jim Harbaugh, you would think he would rank below Justin Herbert. That's four AFC quarterbacks. Now we're not even getting into Dak, Brock Purdy, Matt Stafford, Jordan Love, who's on the rise. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned Tua. I mean, Jared Goff. uh, Who who knows? C.J. Stroud, who's on the come up. It, higher, Q, higher QBRs this year in the regular season. Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. Higher QB ratings this year. Brock Purdy. I'm not going to count Mason Rudolph. Brock no. Purdy, Dak Prescott, and I guess, yeah, I can't count Kirk Cousins. So only played half a season. So Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott both, by QBR and rating, had better seasons than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and this is one of those years where, like, I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a Bills fan. I'm a, uh, a flag waver. I can't argue that Josh Allen should have been the MVP because I saw turnovers. Like, yeah, the turn the and they started the season poorly. Man, they, they are, I, but also like when you look at what Brock Purdy did this season, you can make a healthy argument for Brock Purdy if there wasn't that head to head matchup and if Brock Purdy didn't look like death against the Baltimore Ravens. It, it's just 
I don't know that there was a runaway MVP this no, year. No, I'm not. Again, I, I don't want to take anything. I guess I am taking things away from Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson is a phenomenal quarterback. I just think this is a weak ass MVP award. I, I I generally agree with that statement because yeah, I don't think there's anybody who who I say there's nobody you can say that's for sure the MVP. And the idea that the of the finalists, no, they just took the quarterback on the best team when they took the three finalists. The fact that one of those three guys was a running back, and he was on the same team as, as one of the other finalists. Yep, you knew who was going to win this award. There was yep. it was a no doubter. But I can make the argument if you want to talk about MVP, this would have been the year to make it a non-quarterback. This would have been the year to say, you know something, Christian McCaffrey might be the most single valuable player. In the NFL, removing him from the 49ers completely changes that team. Removing him from any team completely changes that. But team. the problem is, we saw Debo Samuel removed from that team. It and changes that team. He exactly. might be the most. Yeah. Valuable. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but we also saw last year when Lamar Jackson was removed from the Ravens, and I know this is a one-year award. Mm-hmm. The Ravens aren't the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. Well, the they, Ra- went, they went to the playoffs, right? But the Ravens with Lamar Jackson yeah. were the best team in football. Yep. I mean, yep. uh, just a regular season, mm-hmm. they were the best team in football. And by the end of the season, there wasn't really a discussion because of what they did to the 49ers. True. The, the Ravens were without question and Lamar won the best the, regular Lamar season won the player. MVP in that game. I think so. You know, you, you, I guess you, you want to talk about Heisman moments. Like, he had his moment. Uh, what, he had the four touchdowns, yep. right? And and that kind of— Monster it, game. It blow out, blowout performance, and you're thinking, all right, well, clearly, like, the race is over. 33 points put up on the 49ers, and Lamar throws for two touchdowns. And, uh, well, that was it. Yeah, he just threw for two touchdowns, but that was, was a good performance. 252 yards, two touchdowns against the 49ers. Pretty, pretty, pretty impressive and rushing for 45 yards. So congratulations, Lamar. Also, yesterday, the Hall of Fame announcement. Mm-hmm. Julius Peppers, no surprise. None at all. He, he's the... He's the crown jewel of this yep. class. I think we, we knew that when it was announced. Andre Johnson, not surprised. I actually am surprised. Really? Uh, because there are guys like Torrey Holt who's been waiting in line for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. when you put Torrey Holt's numbers next to Andre Johnson's, yeah, but, you, but, you yeah. wouldn't think that Torrey Holt would be having to wait in line behind Andre Johnson. Okay. Okay. Uh, Antonio Gates, who I, I think is the biggest snub he of this class. Yeah, he'll get in. Uh, so I was I was kind of surprised that Andre Johnson got in just because there's been a backlog of wide receivers for a while. I thought it would take him more time to get in. Yeah. Uh, so him getting in ahead of Torrey Holt and Antonio Gates was surprising to me. Patrick Willis, not surprised. Not surprised. Dwight Ferrini, not surprised. Not surprised. Steve Mongo McMichael, great story. Great story. Uh, I think if if it wasn't the story that it was, he's probably not a Hall of Famer, but it is the story, and uh, I, I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah. No. Also, he's one of the Four Horsemen. He is one. Yeah. He he. Listen, if you're ever part of the Four Horsemen, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> there you go, Ric Flair. Very happy. Uh, Steve Mongo McMichael in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Randy Gratisher. In the Hall of Fame? I think he's like the legacy guy. I, yeah. I've never saw Randy Gratisher play, so I, I'm not going to pretend like I did. No, long uh, linebacker, played for the 70s and 80s, you know. Um, and I imagine he was a good sports player. Sure. Devin Hester, Hall this of Famer. Is, this is insane to me. This is criminal in my mind. And I, look, look, I loved watching Devin Hester play. Yes. He returned the opening kickoff of that Super Bowl. Remember? Yeah. Rex is our quarterback. He, he returned the opening kickoff of the Super Bowl. Great moment in his career. But if... If Rex, if, if Rex Schwartzman, if Devin Hester's a Hall of Famer, does that mean that 
Josh Cribbs gets in next year. I, Leon Washington, I former don't know. Jet, gets in the year after that. Uh, is that is that the, is that what we're talking about? We're talking about a guy who is really a a, a specialist. Yeah. And I think when you look at a kick returner or punt returner, and like because let's face it, Devin Hester wasn't a good wide receiver. He was a good kick returner. So this is a to me, this is akin to a kicker or a punter. Mm-hmm. This is a special teams player. Yes. The idea that a special teams player, even a very good one, and Devin Hester was a good special teams player, mm-hmm. got in the Hall of Fame before guys like Antonio Gates, who is uh, Antonio Gates is almost unquestioned. Like, if you said, give me your five top tight ends of all time, can you make a list without Antonio Gates? No. The fact that he's sitting on the outside and a kick returner is in is just crazy to me. So this was my biggest beef of the class. Let me just ask you a question, because we played the trivia with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Let's play the trivia with Devin Hester. <laughs> Who has the most kickoff return touchdowns for, of all time NFL history. Ooh. Um, I'll give you a hint. It's not Devin Hester? Devin Hester has five. This player has nine. <sighs> Josh Cribbs is up there. but Josh Cribbs has eight. Okay. Leon Washington has eight. Cordero Patterson? Cordero Patterson has yeah. nine. Dante Hall has six. Dante Hall was a beast, too. Yeah. yeah. Who has the most uh, punt return touchdowns? In NFL history. Mm, um, it's not going to be Devin Hester. It uh, is Devin Hester. Is it really? What, what, <laughs> how many? Yeah. Uh, Devin Hester has 14 punt oh, returns. Oh, that's a lot. Touchdowns. That is a lot. Eric Metcalf's got 10. I'm going to hook him. <laughs> Texas, Texas Longhorn. Eric Ryan Metcalf. Mitchell's got nine. So he's got to buy a lot. But listen, it, I mean, so Antonio, they Antonio say Gates like, yeah. had 14 touchdowns in a year. Exactly. I, I mean, this is a that, – that, again – I'm not trying to knock, like, I'm not one of these guys who's like, special teams guys don't belong in the Hall of Fame. I think Justin Tucker, like, if you say Justin Tucker compared to the next best kicker in history, Mm -hmm. the gap between Justin Tucker and the number two kicker in history is greater than the gap between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Like, Justin Tucker's the best kicker in history by far. Yeah, but I also think that gap is bigger than Devin Hester to Dante Hall or Daryl Patterson. I agree. Leon Washington and Josh Cribbs. Yeah, this is a bad – this is a – again, and I don't want to – I mean, the guy – it's an honor. Like, congratulations to him. It's nonsense. This guy is not a – Hall of really good. Yeah, Hall of really good. Hall of really good. All right, well, Super Bowl, this is our final preparations for kickoff on Sunday. We were down at Radio Row. We have a couple of interviews to play for you here on this podcast. But before we do so, and we will hear from Chris Sims, former quarterback, now of Pro Football Talk. We will hear from uh, Jordan Schultz, Bleacher Report, NFL Insider. And we'll hear from former All-Pro lineman Kyle Turley. Before we get into the interviews from Radio Row, let's finish our prop per day. And you have a good one to finish off the week. This is a simple one. This is Patrick Mahomes is very good. Patrick Mahomes very careful with the ball. Andy Reid's conservative in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, this is the lowest A dot in his career this season. We're going to go Patrick Mahomes under a half an interception. I don't think he's going to let himself make a mistake. I've, I've heard interviews of Patrick Mahomes talking about the Bengals game. I've heard interviews of Patrick Mahomes talking about the the uh, the Bucks Super Bowl that mm-hmm. they lost, and he felt like it was on him because he made decisions with the ball 
Yeah, you know, let my guys down a little bit, you know? Yeah, that he, they, that he feels like he, he would take back if he could. He shouldn't have made those throws. Probably shouldn't have made that throw, you know? I think more than ever, this is a more conservative Kansas City offense than ever. That's running the ball a lot more. I, I don't I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw the ball 45 times. Like, he has uh, not thrown an interception this entire postseason. Three games. Six consecutive games without a, in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Without yeah. an interception. So he didn't throw one in all of last year either. Mm-hmm. I think he's careful with the ball. I don't think – and this is an even money prop. Like it's minus 110 both ways. I think Patrick Mahomes safe with the ball. Under a half an interception, or if you want to say it, does not throw an interception is my, uh, my my favorite prop here to close out our prop of day. I like it. So Patrick Mahomes under a half an interception, meaning he does not throw an interception. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner And maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. All right, let's continue our Super Bowl previews with our coverage live from, I guess they call it Media Row now, because it's, it's all TV networks That's as well. true, and there's so a lot of not, digital stuff. Yeah, yeah so it's, right. not, it's not so much Radio Row anymore. It's, I saw a sign that said Media Row. Yeah. So live from Media Row at the Super Bowl. Let's take a listen. Join us now, Chris Sims of the Unbuttoned Podcast. Chris, last time we hung out was after a Rose Bowl. Uh, Gosh, it's been a long Texas time. Bama, Texas Bama, right? yeah. Colt McCoy getting the shoulder it was a, hurt. A sad time, wow. but it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, 
your thoughts on where Texas is at as a program at this point and, and where you think the ceiling is? Well, I mean, I, I feel like we're back. Like, that's the, the biggest thing. I, I was telling somebody earlier this week, right, we had a, um, we had a moment, like, when the Alabama game came on, uh, week three or four, I was literally like, whoa, we look the part. <laughs> like, they, we don't look outmatched by their O-line. Our O-line looks like we actually might outmatch their D-line, right? So that, to me, was the thing that I felt like we had kind of been missing, right? That's where the SEC is king, is that there's usually four NFL defensive linemen and, you know, four to the five offensive linemen are, are also NFL-type players. And I feel like we were missing that at Texas a little bit. And we seem to have some of those guys there right now. And it seems like Sark's got, the, got it rolling as far as recruiting. And how could you not be happy with the, the quarterback play and the development for your viewers? I mean, he's got great talent, and he continues to get better and better at the position. It, so yours is getting to be really good. Right. Obviously, Arch Manning hanging around. How much does this remind you of the Sims-Applewhite yeah. debate? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it got some similarities for sure, right? Um, you know, it's yours, though. What I would say with Arch Manning, just be patient. It's one more year, and it's it's all yours, right? And I think... You know, you'll get some playing time. Hopefully we're good enough now to we'll have some leads in the fourth quarter and you'll get in there. But I, I think it's a perfect spot for him, right, as far as uh, development. You know, Steve Sarkeesian, what he teaches on the offensive side of the ball where I know it's hard to sit there on the bench and not play. Uh, but I think all in all, it's still going to be the best fit for him and, and the best place for him to be long run for his NFL future, if that's what his goals are ultimately. All right, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Right. I, I'm, I don't know this for, for sure, but I think you have one of the coaches' names tattooed on you. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. got, got some initials there with some other people as oh, well. Okay. Right. I mean, is there a, 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 there's obviously a bias into to your feelings about yeah. this game, but it, it feels like Kyle is ready to take that, that step. And, I mean, do you, do you think this is the, the time for him, or is, is he going to have to keep waiting? Well, like, th this is a big game. It, it's this big. Kyle's the best, like, without question, one of the two or three best head coaches in football. I mean, it's four out of five NFC Championship games. It's the second Super Bowl in five years. Like, that's, that's incredible, right? It's, he's undoubtedly, whoever you talk to in football would go, I get texts the whole year from defensive coordinators who are preparing to play Kyle and they come, dude, we're getting ready to play your boy this week. Holy crap, his offense. Oh, my gosh, all the things they do, right? He's the man, you know. He's stuck in an era of playing against these freaks of nature, the Kansas City Chiefs. My breakdown of the game, I'm rooting for the 49ers, as you know. I mean, it's, I'm all in on the Niners. Um, the Niners peaked and haven't played their best football since mid-December. The Chiefs seem like they're peaking right now and continuing on an upper trajectory. The Niners were outplayed in the divisional game and the championship game. You know, I, I just would be lying to my fan base and, and as an analyst if, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Chiefs 23-20 to win the football game with my brain right now from what I see purely from X's and O's and football-wise. But don't get it messed up. I am rooting for the 49ers and will be the psycho Niners fan in the stands with my family on Sunday afternoon. So are you more worried about Brock Purdy just not being ready for this moment, or is it the 49ers defense and the way that they've looked? No, I'm more worried about the Niners defense. I mean, Jordan Love and the Packers marched the ball up and down the field, never stopped, never stopped them. The Lions, the only thing that stopped them really, in my opinion, is Dan Campbell opening the door with some bad decisions going forward on fourth down, right? So no, I'm more worried about that side of the ball. And then the Chiefs have found the formula that works for them right so they are clicking 
And yes, I think that that to me is the big. I'm not really all that worried about Purdy. I'm more worried about the defense. Definitely has to change up the way it's played the last few weeks if they think they're going to stop this group in red and yellow and white. Now, at their peaks this year, I mean, you mentioned they're not peaking right now, obviously, no. the 49ers. At their peaks, the 49ers are better. They're way better, right? Yeah. I mean, the Chief, how, how much better were they than the Chiefs mid, mid-season? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to go way better, right? you got to remember the Chiefs and the psychology of, like, we go to the Super Bowl every year, and this is every season's long, and they're a little exhausted by that and probably even bored. Like, oh, so what? It's a big, big week nine showdown. We've just played in four Super Bowls. That's big. This is just a week nine showdown, right? I think they're a little bit that way at times. Um, But, yeah, no, I think in totality, there is no doubt that the 49ers roster, uh, I think, is a little bit better than the Chiefs. But it's not by much. It's not by much. And, again, that's where I say, like, if you're not playing your best ball and they are playing their best ball, you know, with this quarterback and that coach, they can overcome that that talent gap that the 49ers might have the advantage in. You mentioned the 49ers not playing their best in the two playoff games, but how much credit do you give them, and specifically Brock Purdy, for being able to come back and win those games in the second half? Best thing about that is that if they get the ball late in the game, and this one, and they're down by three or four, Brock Purdy's going to go, okay, I did this the last two weeks, right? I did this against the Lions. I did this against the Packers. So what? Right, So I do think that is the silver lining of the last two games, even though they didn't play their best, that their quarterback, not only in the belief in himself, the locker room is all going to be like, hey, we're not out of this if we're down by three or four here late in the game. This guy can, this guy's cool and calm under pressure. He can come back and make us beat Patrick Mahomes. And I think that goes a long way in the locker room. Chris, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the game. No problem, man. You know it. Hook him. Great stuff from Chris Sims there. I knew you were going to ask Texas stuff. Like, you couldn't talk to Chris Sims without getting in at least one question about the Longhorns. I met Chris in Austin. Like, the, the re- listen, Chris Sims was not an easy get yesterday. Oh, popular he was, guy. He was on one of the big stages, and uh, he was doing big-time media, and we had a, a – Chris and I have a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, a tight mutual friend, and he was – like, he – because I, it was literally a name drop situation yeah, for me. Uh, so I, I've, I've hung out with Chris personally before. That's how you knew about the tattoo. I knew about his tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but listen, I awesome of him to give us that time. And um, I, I, I would have, I would have been remiss if I didn't talk about. I mean, that, yeah. again, that's how I met him. So if, if I, if I wasn't going to talk about some Texas stuff with him, it would have been. I, I, I think he would have been disappointed. Even I think also he has an appreciation for Brock Purdy, considering like the career path that he had. I think so too. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he wasn't the, the guy that was expected to be anything, no. any big time NFL, pro, any NFL prospect. Let me tell you about Chris. Well, it, it's funny because Chris was expected to be a big time prospect when, when he, when he came into Texas. college. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah uh, out of high school, but he, 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 he wasn't a first round pick. The and, third round. And he was one of these guys who, and this is, I, I've always said this about, uh, about John Gruden. John Gruden loves every quarterback until they're his. And then he hates everything about that quarter. When John Gruden drafted Chris Sims, he suddenly was like, it's like he showed up one day and was like, he couldn't believe that Chris was (laughs) left-handed. And he, like, blamed Chris for having to flip his his playbook. I mean, it was a wild... How the hell am I supposed to run Spider 2 Y banana? Like, he didn't know when he drafted him. It's got to be Spider 2 X banana now. Did you see my tape where I was throwing the ball with my left hand? I mean, it's a fascinating thing, but I I, I think Chris, and and you talk about gutsy dudes, Chris had a, like, exploded spleen 
and was playing football through it, like just trying to tough it out. Uh, He's one of the one of the guys who is never going to get credit for being as good and as tough Mm -hmm. as he was because he didn't have a long, serious NFL career. But he was a good player, man. And you, you talk about a guy who really changed the face of Texas football. Yeah. It, like when he when they, when Texas got Texas used to recruit basically Texas. And when they got Chris Sims, he was the top quarterback in the country. And there were three wide receivers at the time. It was uh it was Roy Williams, BJ Johnson, and Sloan Thomas. And Sloan Thomas went to the same high school as me. And uh they all committed to tech they were like three of the top five wide receivers in the in the country and they all committed to texas the day that chris sims committed to texas because they wanted to play football with chris sims Mm -hmm. that's why i asked him in that interview about the arch manning and and major applewhite thing because it's one thing like where i mean one guy can be playing great but there's a reason why all these why why texas has top five recruiting classes right now because all these guys wanted to play with arch manning chris sims was that arch manning he was the guy that everybody wanted to come and play with I was curious to get his thoughts on how it'll play out. I, I was also glad to hear him say pre, to preach patience to Arch Manning and say, hey, you don't need to get in there right now. Mm-hmm. The goal's the NFL. Take your time. I, I, Chris knows. This is, a, this is a guy who's been through it. Yeah, great dude, too, and obviously great football family. Dad, Phil Sims, we know. No doubt. Super Bowl champs. Brother Matt played for the Jets. Yep. Um, that does a podcast now with his dad too. Yeah, Matt, Matt and uh, Phil have a podcast. and does indeed have Kyle Shanahan's initials tattooed on him. Well, Phil, uh, Chris does. Chris yes, does. Yes, yeah. Chris does. I've, I've seen the tattoo. <laughs> uh, well, we also had the chance to catch up with a guy that I hosted many, many shows with in the past. He is Bleacher Report NFL insider Jordan Schultz. You see a repeat matchup like this in the Super Bowl. How much do you look back at previous matchups, and how much do you say completely different teams, and we have to look at what we're seeing this year? I've, I don't. I don't put a lot of stock into the, in, the, in the in the past. I I, I look at Steve Spagnuolo, mm-hmm. and I think this is like another legacy moment for him. I don't. I, nobody's to me has talked about that. This has become one of the greatest defensive coordinators of this generation. He's won in New York. He he beat the Patriots twice. He's he's beaten uh, he's beaten everybody. He beat Cincinnati. Beaten Buffalo. Uh, he he is the best defensive coordinator in the NFL, and I think he has done mastery job with his defense. Is this the hardest path to a Super Bowl that you can think of for the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Yeah, they, they, they didn't have home field. The, the Miami game, whatever. I know it was cold, but the, to go into Buffalo and beat them, that's a devastating home field advantage. And and then. To, to beat to beat um, uh, yeah, but, sorry to, to beat Baltimore on the road, who's the hottest team in the league, and make Lamar Jackson look uncomfortable for four quarters basically, was remarkable. And again, the defense, I, you know, Snead, awesome, McDuffie, awesome, Karloftis has come on, Chanel, um, obviously Chris Jones. There's so many good players on the defense, so it's another reason why I like Kansas City. When you talk about legacy and Spagnolo, you're right. I, I think he has become one of the, the greatest defensive guys in, in the league. Kyle Shanahan's known as one of, if not the best, offensive guy in the league. How much, how important is a win for Kyle Shanahan's legacy as an offensive so, uh, genius? Yeah, it took it took Andy Reid 20 years to win a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan, I, I think he's he's eight and three in the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, people remember him for. Uh, the Atlanta game against uh, New England, 28-3. They remember that he's lost um, on some of the biggest in some of the biggest games. They were up 20. Well, they were up on Kansas City, 28. What was this? 21-10. Yeah. They were up on the Chiefs, and they lost that. And so Kyle Shanahan is a. 
I don't think anybody would say he's not one of the best three coaches in the NFL. I do think there is mounting pressure. I don't know if he feels it, but there's got to be pressure to win the big one. But his, you know, and his dad won too. Yeah. But I think he's phenomenal. And again, I go back to Andy Reid, who he's facing. And for, for so long, Andy Reid was, I can't win the big one. And it took him 20 years to do it. So Shanahan will get there one way or the other. How much pressure is on Brock Purdy, and have you seen enough of him through these playoffs and maybe the two games last year before he got hurt yeah. to think that he can pull this off this year? I think Purdy is is so much more than a game manager. I, I, I think he, like he's, he takes chances. He's athletic. Um, I think if Purdy was a second-round pick and not Mr. Irrelevant, we, we'd be talking about him in a much higher light. I think because he was drafted where he was, it's been tough for him to get like the national love that he deserves. Um, I think he's a really good quarterback. His over-under on rushing yards is 12 and a half, I think, in this game. I think he'll have 30 yards rushing in this game. His legs are a real factor for him. There's been like two games this year, and two, maybe a couple last year, where you thought, okay, it's over. Like, he was mm -hmm. so bad. Yeah. But you throw that out the window, and he's he's been really, really good. So I I, I, I am so impressed with him. Uh, but he'll, he'll have to have a very good game. What about up the other side, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, when you start to – there's people who are already calling him the GOAT. But, yeah. like, when you stack his resume up against Brady, like – you're only going to get to this game so many times. Yeah. How important is him? Is it for his legacy to win every, you know, nearly every time he's in this game? So Brady won three in four years. Mahomes, if he wins now, would be back-to-back -back three in five years. He's 27, I think, 28. So his, he, you could already, you could already say he's probably the second best yeah. quarterback of all time. I don't, I don't look at like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Dan Marino was arguably the best, most talented quarterback of all time. Never won a Super mm -hmm. Bowl. Uh, Peyton Manning, you know, it took him a lot. So, Tom I would Elway, Elway, and then he got one. Of, he got the legacy one, like Manny did yeah. with Denver at the very end. I, I think Mahomes is cemented already as one of the greatest. But if he wins three, then you're in a really rare territory because then you're one away from Montana. Uh, you already then you beat Elway, um, you beat Manning, yeah. so it's a whole whole other ball game. But he's he's going to end up with. I mean, if anybody can, can break six or seven, yeah. yeah. Talking to Jordan Schultz right here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Okay, let's put your insider hat back on now. Bill Belichick did not get hired yeah. in this coaching cycle. How surprised were you? What were you hearing about the interviews and his offers, if any? I, w I was surprised, and uh, I thought going in, the Atlanta job made the most sense. I think for him to interview twice says a lot about how much he wanted it. And I believe that Arthur Blank and Bill believed that he was going to be the guy. He had the interview with Arthur Blank on his boat in the Caribbean. I mean, that's like an easy sell. And then all of a sudden you start hearing that, well, if they go with Belichick, then they're going to have to reset the front office. Even if Terry Fontenot stays, Bill's going to have the final word. And the only organization that was truly willing to cede power was the Chargers with Jim Harbaugh. Falcons weren't going to do it, ultimately. So I was surprised they didn't have more interest. And I also thought that Raheem Morris, for him to blow it out of the water the way he did and get this opportunity what said a lot about how he interviewed, uh, how impressive he was, and then also just delegating um, from Tampa, learning from Tampa, learning from Tampa how to delegate. And then he brings Zach Robinson in from L.A., from the Chargers. And now within 15 minutes, I was told Raheem Moore, he texted all these guys in the Falcons, here's what I'm going to do for you. Here's how we're going to be great. So I love the hire, but also Rich McKay, again, full autonomy, and he was in Arthur Blank's here, and I think he ultimately made the hire. What about Mike Vrabel? 
who yeah. wasn't asking for full power. What, I mean, and this is a guy who, you know, if you ask, you talk about ranking the coaches, especially young coaches, he's at the top of most people's yeah. lists. What do you think turned people off from Mike Vrabel? I think, I think Vrabel is a really good head coach. He's 48. He's been to three. He took Tennessee to three straight playoff appearances, went to an AFC title game. With Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but Vrabel, there are certain coaches who it has to be the right fit. I think Harbaugh with the Chargers, it really had to be the right fit. I think with Rabel, um, he'll obviously not this cycle. I don't see it, even as a coordinator. But he'll he'll get another head coaching opportunity. He'll he to me he'll be one of the hardest targets in the 2025 cycle. But no, I, I was surprised. I thought going in that once he got fired, that Rabel would have more interest and, and opportunities, and he it just never materialized for him. All right, rapid fire. You ready? Yeah. Does Andy Reid retire if he wins the Super Bowl? No. Does Baker Mayfield sign long-term in Tampa? Yes. Do the Jets make the playoffs with Aaron Rodgers? Yes. <laughs> that's the one I wanted that's to hear. That's the only one you care that's about. That's the only yeah. one I cared about. Yeah. Uh, but they had the, the AFC, like, 10 wins. I don't know if that does it. Maybe 11 wins probably, right? Yeah. So Who's the team that falls out of the mix in the AFC? Uh, that's a good one. I would say... Is it Miami? Is it Buffalo? No. no. Uh, Miami? You know, I'll say Miami because there's uncertainty with Tua, his deal, what... What's going to happen there? Maybe Miami, although, you know, for a, for a hot minute this year, they look like the best team in the league. But I guess Miami, if you're looking to play that angle, I'll give you a tough one. Who's playing in this game next year? So, pre-draft, pre- wow. Uh, well, let's go Baltimore because they're going to be really good. They have everyone back. Baltimore in the AFC, and uh, no, let's go Kansas City again. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go Kansas City, Philly. Philly finds, you know. I think Philadelphia is going to fix whatever all the issues they had. They were 10 and 1. Philadelphia. I'll, I'll go Philadelphia and Kansas City. All right. Non football question. Yeah. Knicks finished with a top four seed in the East, yes or no? Yeah, and they just got um, Alec Burks and, yeah, and Boyan. I like, I like, I like Brian Burks back. So, yeah, we'll say the fourth seed. Okay. Jalen Brunson MVP candidate? I'd say so. Definitely all right NBA. now, I'm on the Dante DiVincenzo train, though. Great. That Villanova train, but definitely all NBA yeah. for Brunson. Jordan, appreciate the time, oh, brother. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. I had to get in a Knicks question in with Jordan Schultz. He and I hosted a, an NBA show for a while at the Four Letter Network. Jordan's his career's taken off, man. You see him on really Colin, you see him on Colin Coward all the time, and uh, he's doing a tremendous job breaking news stories. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Schultz underscore Report. Um, interesting stuff he had to say about Belichick and the coaching cycle and Vrabel and. Um, you know, the thing with Belichick, too, it's like, who's going to cede that power? What organization? We talked about For this. a guy of his age, too, for a guy like how, how many years is Belichick going to be your coach for if you hire him now? Three, four. All right, you want to give up organizational control no. to a guy that's going to be there for two, two three years? I'm, this He's is 71. This is why the Seahawks wanted to move away from Pete Carroll. Yeah, absolutely. They, they don't want to have an old man be in charge of their franchise, mm-hmm. and I really do think that's the problem. But I also, I mean, we talked about it as like, what teams are going to say, yep, have your way with our organization? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there were a lot of them out there. I mean, the Seahawks flat out said, we're not doing that again. Yeah. Like, it's never going to happen again. I think more and more the NFL is moving towards coaches who, I don't want to say they're puppets, but they're more manageable mm-hmm. for ownership. And this is the Jerry Jones way. This is what Jerry Jones has wanted all this. Like when he had uh, Jason Garrett, and now he's got Mike McCarthy. Like he doesn't want a, a coach who's going to push back on him. He doesn't want a Parcells or a mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson. He wants a guy who he can say, hey, this is what I want to happen. And the coach says, 
sir, yes, sir, and then goes and does the job. You can't do that with Bill Belichick. You can't. I don't think you can do that with Mike Vrabel. I really think they want guys who are more moldable to what the what the owners want, and what more importantly, maybe to what the analytics guys want. Because so many teams are now so heavy into analytics mm-hmm. that they that they're trusting these math guys to be really in charge of decision making more than they're trusting football guys. Yeah. I don't know if it's the right thing to do. In Belichick's case, though, I, I would say at the age he's at, I don't want to entrust my entire franchise to a guy that's over 70. I, I just don't. Well, one of the staples of Radio Row every year is maybe one of the toughest SOBs to play in the Son NFL during his career. Hey, it's, Scott, again, we talked yesterday about Max Crosby, how big this dude is. Yeah. These are the guys who blocked Max Crosby. Like, <laughs> Kyle Turley's a giant, too. Like, we stand next to this guy. It's crazy how yep. big these guys are. Former first-team All-Pro lineman Kyle Turley. We had the chance to catch up with him. Hey, with former All-Pro Kyle Turley on behalf of the Cannabis Freedom Party. Tell us what you're doing with them. Yeah, man. Uh, Jim and Matt and I are actually running for president. We're, <laughs> we're getting a political party established right now. We're creating a super PAC, believe it or not. And <laughs> it's all around cannabis. You know, there's a lot of cannabis bills. That's the reason for it. We're not just, you know, like uh, uh, Kanye trying to run for president to be famous. Uh, There's some serious cannabis bills that are in play right now that need to be passed, and we want to make sure all these politicians know that we don't take sides. If you're for cannabis, we're for you, and we're helping uh, candidates uh, raise capital uh, for their campaigns, and uh, raising awareness uh, for this plant and what it does. And there's some really key bills, the, the Safe Banking Act, the descheduling of cannabis, uh, raising the level of THC and hemp products, uh, all these things that are in, in play this year in the election cycle. And where can people go to find information about it and, like, uh, follow up with you guys on this? Yeah, I mean, you know, people in politics, right, what is that, a thousand people in every town <laughs> pretty yeah. much that control this country when it comes to voting. Um, you know, they can go online and Google search all this stuff with cannabis right now and turn on your TVs and see the pundits back and forth on the platforms, you know, the reefer madness coming from the conservatives and, you know, people that are trying to, you know, step out as politicians on the Republican side. And then the the, the Democrats who are, you know, kind of talking this, you know, it's just really, it's a soft talk, you know, it's not serious. And they're, but they got some serious bills in play. And, uh, you know, it's important that we we do this and go to rev-mj.com to our website. Um, and then, uh, you know, other platforms out there that and follow us on social medias and, and mm-hmm. everything I'm doing, Jim McMahon's doing, Ricky Williams is doing, uh, Calvin Johnson, all these guys in the NFL that are, uh, you know, supporting cannabis and have companies. Um, you can follow in what we're trying to do. And, and you know, I was just in the New Hampshire primaries, you know. Um, so, you know, stories are out all over the place, you know, because we're getting in front of these people where they stand. Well, it's legal here in Nevada and right. a lot of states around the country from a former po- Except po- the casinos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the from hell? a football player's perspective, he played a lot of years in the league. How important is it for, you know, we know the pain tolerance issue. We know how the pain management concerns. Would you like to see professional sports leagues adopt more of the state's legislature when it comes to cannabis? Oh, well, I, I think sports leagues, period, need to completely get rid of every pharmaceutical in their locker room and just supply cannabis to their players. Uh, this is a medicinal herb. That's what it is and should be used for. And if they would advance the things that I've talked to them about in closed-door meetings and uh, the things that people are experiencing in our community that are having this resurgence with their life, the ability to be here standing in front of y'all every year at the Super Bowl for the last 10 years talking about cannabis, you'd think that that would 
bode for a, oh, okay, you know, we, we see the benefits here. But um, unfortunately, it's still just kind of a thing where they're moving along very slowly and um, waiting for that federal uh, uh, drop of the, the scheduling of cannabis is the thing they've been hiding behind. So we can get Schedule 3 drug uh, happening for cannabis, which still makes it worse than Vicodin and Percocet and all these muscle relaxers. It's ridiculous. But if they drop to Schedule 3, then it can be studied on humans. And uh, right now it's a Schedule 1 drug, and, and that's what the, the league continues to, to hide behind um, in their approach to cannabis. They're not suspending guys anymore, which is uh, a huge thing, you know, obviously. For, for Ricky and the careers that were, you know, hampered by cannabis, it's ridiculous, you know, and, and what could have happened there and, um, you know, the careers that can be extended. All right, I want to ask you about the Super Bowl and uh, the offensive lines for both these teams have been kind of maligned at different points. How important is it in your mind for an offensive line to be playing well coming into this game? Oh, man, it's paramount. I mean, you have to have your line, you know. Uh, it's not going to be played. They're, they're trying to move towards a seven-on-seven game, you know, is what it seems to be, you know. Um, but the, the lines uh, dictate, you know, the success of the game. Uh, if your front plays well, you're going to play well because they give the quarterback time and they block for the running backs and open up holes um, and get first downs at the end of the day. We don't score touchdowns. We don't touch the football. Um, but we affect the game uh, significantly. And so it'll be up to the Chiefs' offensive line to keep playing the way they have been. And uh, the Niners, they really have to have a great game. You know, both defense and offensive line, um, both sides of the ball for the Niners. Uh, if their trenches play better than the Chiefs' trenches, then they could win the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't see that happening. I'm, you know little partial to the Chiefs. <laughs> well, how impressed have you been with what Brock Purdy has been able to do? A guy comes in as Mr. Right. Irrelevant and put up MVP numbers this season. Yeah, really impressive. Um, and, you know, you, you, I've been saying, you know, he's too young to win a Super Bowl. But, you know, with that, uh, you know, he reminded me of that. Uh, that does bring it back home. He's got a chance. He's got a better chance than I haven't thought of because of those things that I even overlook because he's so young. You know, and you got Patrick Mahomes who's got all this experience of being in Super Bowls. Uh, but with what Purdy's done, if he just stays in that zone, uh, which he seems pretty humble kid, you know, mm -hmm. um, and he's got great family support, it seems, and, and the team support. You know, John's doing a great job up there as the GM, Lynch, and, and uh, the staff that he provides. But I, I just think the Kansas City Chiefs are a bit more of a family, and uh, Andy Reid's, I think, uh, got some things he's been saving up for a long time <laughs> to, to maybe go uh, get right off in the sunset. I want to ask you about, as an offensive lineman, have, if you had a guy like Christian McCaffrey behind you that's so versatile and can beat you in so many ways, how, how much easier does it make your job because those outside backers aren't necessarily you're not necessarily clogging them up they have to go and, and make sure. sure they're not getting hit like yeah how, how much of an impact can a running back like that make i mean obviously uh, it is an unbelievable impact that they can make in the game uh, you see how hard he runs and uh you know on both sides of the ball uh, of, of of the the sidelines here you know the chiefs and and i mean the running back position the quarterback position in this game is going to be so much fun to watch you know that's like old school football in my opinion and and because uh, that's kind of escaped us we're a seven on seven game now uh, but both of those guys uh, you know Pacheco and, and and McCaffrey are unbelievably talented and when you have a back that has the ability to break open and, and, and really make that extra play happen you, you don't love anything more than that especially as offensive linemen like myself because it wasn't about the first block you know I knew I was gonna get the first block it's after that running back passes you or it opens up, you know, that second block and, and those types of running backs really open those things up for the linemen to, you know, have great games. All right, last thing. 
where can we get this new Kyle Turley band single high? <laughs> you can download it anywhere. All my music's been out there. Um, uh, and uh, you can download my new single high that's out there. It's not necessarily new. I'm releasing it, but for here at the Super Bowl and all the things, it's about that story. And uh, uh, I write all my own music. Got some new music coming out. Always staying on that. And I uh, can't play football no more. So, you know, we, we, we got cannabis and music, man. What, what, what more could you want? I'm disappointed. Last time I saw you on Radio Row, you played a song on my show. You had your that's guitar right. with you. Yeah. And like, I, I was wondering where your guitar is this time. Man, I, you know, they told me to leave it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> maybe next year. I'm working on a new project. Could be interesting. And uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that. We'll see what happens. Kyle Turley, appreciate it, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next year, I guess. You got it. Thank you all very much. You know, I think Kyle, he brings up so many good points. And, and yes, we can get into the debate about um, the use of painkillers in the NFL and, and even in all professional sports and how possibly turning over to cannabis is, is an option. That's why a lot of these players advocate yeah. for legalizing uh, not just marijuana, but like other cannabis products. CBD has become big and, and things like that. Not not just even cannabis. Like I saw Jake Plummer at Radio Row yesterday. And he, he's got like a mushrooms line. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's more natural mm -hmm. because, I mean, listen, you see these guys who get their bodies beat up and then they turn to painkillers and painkillers, like narcotic painkillers, they destroy your body, man. Yep. And I... I don't know. You see so I, many guys battle with the addictions and battle with the problems that it leads to. Yeah. I don't want to make it like it, it just from a, a personal standpoint, no boohooing for me, but my, my dad is battling Alzheimer's now. And I mean, he went years and years when he was on painkillers because mm. he had shoulder and knee issues. And I don't I mean, I'm not a doctor. I can't say it directly led to it. I know being on that for all that time certainly didn't help. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm I'm for this again. I, I'm I'm not a politician when it comes to weed, uh, but I, I think if if you've got a choice between a natural remedy and a pharmaceutical remedy, I'm I'm for nature. Yeah. And, well, he's not alone. There's certainly uh, tons of professional athletes that are on his side. Uh, as we well. saw Ricky Williams was there with him. We saw Ricky. Yeah. By the way, on Ricky Run. Ricky Williams has a a uh, so marijuana is illegal in Texas. CBD is legal. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm guessing he's setting himself up for when uh, when THC is legal in Texas. Yeah. His CBD product line in Texas is called Heisman. Yeah. H I G like high, yeah. Heisman. Yeah. Brilliant <laughs> by my boy Rick. I I was glad to see Ricky on uh, on Radio Row or Media Row, pardon me, as well yesterday. So uh, good for him. And if you're in Texas, you need some good CBD. I'm guessing Heisman. Heisman. Yeah. Knowing knowing Ricky, he's got some good stuff, baby. Uh, that's awesome. All right. So we've heard from the guests. We've broken down this game on the Dream Pod as well over the past two weeks. Final call, forced pick on a side and total. Oof. We've done all the props. Forced pick now, side, total. You can go first, pick side or total, and then I'll go the other one first, side or total, whichever one you don't pick. Go ahead. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 49ers. Uh, I do think there will be the points. I think there will be a minus one and a half by okay. game day. Um, I, I just think that this team we, we've. We've devalued them unfairly based on the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. And should they be knocked? Yes. But if this game were played in week 15, this would be a four-and-a-half-point line. Like, it, back then, especially before that Ravens game, I mean, the, the Chiefs weren't even in the same weight class as the, as the 49ers. And I think we've dinged them maybe to a point that it's unfair. 
Uh, I understand why everybody says I don't want to bet against Mahomes as a dog. I don't either, which is why I probably won't bet the side. Mm-hmm. But a forced pick, I think that this is a legacy moment for Kyle Shanahan. I think, I mean, and Andy Reid's been through this. We've talked about Andy Reid and how he was essentially a playoff loser for a good chunk of his life and looked at as kind of like a a disappointment as a coach until Mm -hmm. he broke through. I think this is that moment where Kyle Shanahan breaks through. I think he gets a win here. Um, I'd probably play the money line, if anything. But, but yeah, I I, I think I like the Niners, even though it feels like the whole world is saying Kansas City Chiefs. That's not true, though, because the line's staying staying put when he's coming in on the 49ers. Um, But the bets are way in on the Chiefs. Yeah, but the, but the, there's sharp money, there's big money, yeah. not sharp money, big money, big money that's coming in. Yep. there's a difference between sharp money and big money. <laughs> yes, um, and we Fed talk, says it all the time. Exactly. We, we, listen, we've talked to sharp betters who bet Kansas City at the opener. Yep, and we're going to talk to sharp betters that are going to hit things at close. Yep. So don't when they say, "Oh, sharp money's on the forty nine or on the cheap." No, 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 no. Just there's big money bets that have come yep. in on the you know. Mattress Mac betting a couple million dollars. It's not exactly <laughs> sharp money, but it does maybe move the line a little bit yeah. based on liabilities. Uh, I'm on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go against Mahomes as a dog. I'm not going to go against Andy Reid getting the the extra time to prepare. I, I just can't do it. I mean, the, the, the record speaks for itself. The history speaks for itself. You give this guy time to prepare, and he will come away with a victory. And there's so many negative trends just in Super Bowl history when you look at, like, the team with the better record, the team that's the favorites. And I think a lot of that has to do with public perception. And maybe it's different this year because the Chiefs are such a public team. But normally, you know, people hammer the favorite because they know that, oh, this team has a winning record, that they're the better seed. They're the one seed against the three seed. They're the team that wasn't that got the bye. They're the first place. That's the team we're going to bet, and it inflates the line, and the dog winds up covering. Super Bowl is a weird animal, though, because if the underdog covers, the underdog wins. Yeah. They usually win outright. 87% Super Bowl winner covers the spread. And the Super Bowl is a big deal because – or it's a different animal because – Public money adds up. Yes, it's not like a, a you know a, a week six game. Yeah, where... and it doesn't take one ten thousand dollar bet. It could take ten one thousand yeah. dollar bets. Like it just it it it's a lot now, especially with widespread legalization. Uh, there's so much money now being bet on this. But I'll give you just the numbers real quick. When Andy Reid has thirteen or more days of rest outside of week one, twenty six and three straight up strong with Patrick Mahomes and Donovan McNabb as his quarterbacks. So we're taking out all the other quarterbacks, you know, Alex Smiths or whatever. But with Mahomes and McNabb, the two quarterbacks that he took to Super Bowls and conference championship games, because McNabb only went to one Super Bowl, but he had the multiple conference championship games, 26-3 and with the extra rest. The three losses against the Eagles this year and the two Super Bowl losses to the Bucs and Patriots. So you want to say, hey, he lost two Super Bowls on the 13-day rests. So, you know, maybe that that maybe maybe that's going to be against why. the Eagles uh, the Eagles last year. No, against the Eagles, I'm not talking about Super Bowl. Eagles. Oh, the, I'm talking the, about the bye week Eagles. Regular, yeah, oh, bye wow, week. Okay. They lost on the they lost after the bye week. Yeah, wow. Okay. And then two Super Bowl losses, losing to the Bucks and then losing to the Patriots. Um, you know, Patriots win yep. McNabb with the Eagles. Yeah. Here's um some random stats. They could mean something, they could mean nothing. But I could I, before we close out this segment, I feel compelled to give you these random stats here. The last six Super Bowl winners have all been 
the team closest to the site of the Super Bowl. That would be the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. They are the team closest to the uh, site of the Super Bowl. In fact, 15 of the last 18 Super Bowl winners have been the team that is geographically closer, closer wow. to the site of the game. Okay. That goes back to 2006. So that would lean towards the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the team with the better record going into the Super Bowl has lost 11 of the last 13 years. That would go to the Chiefs. Then. That would go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the team that is the better playoff seed is 2-15-2 ATS in the last 26 Super Bowls. That's not good. Now, I know you're saying the math doesn't add up. There were multiple years where it was equal seeding. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we're going to knock out the equal seeding. Sure. We're going to go back. So the last so 15, 16, the last uh, 19 times there have been a differentiate, difference in seeding, the team that is the higher playoff seed – just two fifteen and two ATS. That would mean bet the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, NFC with a slight lead, 29-28 in Super Bowl, 28-26 and three ATS. But in the last ten years, AFC has dominated seven and three ATS. Okay. So it's wild. I think back to when I was a kid and the AFC couldn't win the Super Bowl ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, now it's like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're the team. They're they're, they're the they're the side now. Thank you, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, Tom, exactly. I mentioned the straight up winner of the Super Bowl, eighty-seven percent ATS in fifty-seven Super Bowls, forty-seven seven and three ATS. The straight up winner. So I mean, the, really, one of the only dogs in a long time that lost the game and covered was Cincinnati when they lost to the Rams. Actually. They became the first underdog to cover a point spread without winning the game with a line of less than six. Wow. Yeah. Usually the dogs, if there's a short spread and the dog, the dog just wins. So that would lead you to saying, oh, maybe Chiefs money line or whatever. Uh, average winning score in the Super Bowl, 30.1. Average losing score in the Super Bowl, 16.4. Average winning margin of the Super Bowl, 13.7 points per game. However, 18 of the last 20 years have been decided by 14 points or less. Okay. I don't think we're getting a blowout. I'm on a pretty good run here of, of picking the Super Bowl. I've, I've picked correctly the last four years. Last time I was wrong was the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, which for some unbeknownst reason, I, I picked Jared Goff to win the Super Bowl over Tom Brady. That was a foolish mistake. Well, you're an idiot. Yeah, I was an idiot. Uh, but I, I've been right ever since, which includes picking the Chiefs twice. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I just feel like this is the time. This is the time for Kyle Shanahan. Um, I, I just I wonder if his defense steps up for him. Chris, yep. We talked to Chris Sins about this. It's like – And the defense is a concern? Can the defense do it? Um, I think catching the Chiefs – in a down offensive year, mm -hmm. if you can't beat the Chiefs this year, I when mean, I mean when are the Chiefs going to lose? Like, you know, it's the, 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 and the, if the Chiefs win here, I, I mean, we've got a full blown dynasty on our hands mm -hmm. uh, with really no end in sight because we've talked a lot about what it takes to win the Super Bowl and being like having a how difficult it is to have a quarterback on his second contract mm -hmm. or or beyond. And still win the Super Bowl, and if if Patrick Mahomes does it multiple times once he's out of his rookie deal, like I don't know when I don't know when it ends. You look at the cast of characters, uh, like Rashi Rice, mm -hmm. Isaiah Pacheco, mm -hmm. 
Remember they drafted uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the first round, and they were like, this guy's a game changer. He doesn't get on the hey, field. Listen, they activated Sky Moore this week. Doesn't get on the field. It, this is the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid show, and all, all due respect to this defense, which has been incredible, mm-hmm. but if, if, this, if this game isn't the Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid show, I think the 49ers win the Super Bowl. All right. Uh, how much on average is uh, Texas de Brazil? It's 50 like, a person? It's 60 bucks probably. 60 per person? Yeah. All right. Texas de Brazil bet. You have the 49ers. I have the Chiefs. Okay. And I'll tell you what. I was going to say I won't take any points unless you're just straight up winner. But I feel like that's giving you a little bit of an edge here. But you think the line goes down to one and a half, and you don't want to lay two. So, all right. I'll say straight up, no points. Okay. But my 50 to your 60. It's a deal. Okay. So, if the 49ers win. I'm paying minus 110, basically. Yes. I cover 50 of your $60 meal. And if the Chiefs win, you cover my entire $60 meal. Sounds like a plan. All right. Texas D. Brazil bet. And we're both on the under, right? I think I, well, I, I think we both lean that way. I, I don't have a great feel for the total. Yeah. I, I I general. I mean, I, I love your second half under. I think the first half we see a, a good bit of scoring. I will say this: if you want the under, wait till before kickoff on Sunday because the public loves over. Money will come in on the over, pushing this total up. Yeah. Normally, I would say if you want the favorite, uh, yeah. but I mean, it feels like. Money continues to come in on the dog, yeah. or at least bets continue bets to come continue. in on the dog. I so think the line stays stays still. I think you're okay with the side, but I think total. If you like the under, just wait. If you like the over, bet it ASAP. That's that would be my advice. Enjoy the game. Uh, that is going to wrap up our Super Bowl coverage. Now let's talk some hoops. I don't want to say I told you so, AJ, but but the I, Pistons won. I wanted to place a bet, and you were like, <laughs> I, "I'm not going to do that." Uh, hey. No, I will give you credit. Yes, you said when I mentioned that they were playing the Blazers, you were like, "You know what? Maybe they can." I, yeah. And for the, I didn't want a money line. Yeah. I don't trust that. <laughs> but give me the points. Well, for the first time since the first week of the season, the first time since October 28th, the Detroit Pistons have won back-to-back games after a 128-122 overtime win over the Blazers in Portland. Unbelievable. They won the uh, they, they were down 13 points going into the fourth quarter. Wow. Bring it all the way to overtime. The Pistons get back-to-back wins. Things are going good in Michigan, man. They're going <laughs> good in Michigan right now. Break this team up now. Uh, the Warriors with a 131-109 win over the Pacers. Steph Curry scored 42 points. Curry was 11 of 16 from three-point range. Unreal. I, I thought this would be a, a down night for the Warriors. That was vintage Steph Curry Holy last night. 11 cow. of 16 from three-point range? Yeah, just an incredible Steph Curry performance. This is this is why it's hard for me to just ride off the Warriors. and like The Warriors are under 500, even with this win. Normally, if a team's under 500 50 games into the season, you just mm-hmm. say, eh, they suck. This Warriors team is still scary to me because of Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph Curry is the kind of dude, any given night, if he has his best night, he's better than your best player. Yeah, and that's a terrifying team. That's a terrifying team to go up against. Uh, so this was one of those nights where it's like vintage Steph, like you said. Uh, they 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 just smoke the Pacers because he was an unstoppable force. Magic a one twenty seven one eleven win over the Spurs. The Cavs. 
16 of 17 now. A 118-95 win over the Nets. Donovan Mitchell with 27 points. The Mavericks. A 21-0 run in that game for the Cavs. 16 of 8, 16 of 17 now. Uh, The Mavericks beat the shorthanded Knicks, 122-108. Oh, don't make excuses, Scott. Mavericks beat the Knicks. Mavericks beat the Knicks. Mavericks, (laughs) the Mavericks beat... Here we go. The Knicks starting five. <laughs> oh, here we go. Precious Ashua. Made up person. Isaiah Hartenstein. Made up person. No, I hear yeah, yeah. <laughs> you. Wait, wait. I know these guys. I'm not done. Like... Miles McBride. That is a made up person. Actually. Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo. Hey, listen, those Villanova boys have Villanova been Villanova boys are falling. Da- DiVincenzo scored 36 points last and night. Josh Hart had a triple double. Yeah. Uh, DiVincenzo's uh, uh, point total was 25 and a half. I almost gave it out as like but guess one what? of my rare NBA plays of the year saying go over DiVincenzo. Luca, damn near 40. Yeah. A- and 11 assists on top of it. He, I mean, th- this Mavericks team is very good. And this is they're kind of like the, I mean, they're a better version of the Warriors, but mm-hmm. it's like on Luca's best night, how do he beat that team? It's hard, and uh, I mean, you're not. And if you don't have Jalen Brunson, no, and, and you're not going to. You beat ain't him. beating him with, if you ain't got your best guy. Yeah, and Brunson's out. Anunoby is out. Anunoby actually undergoing a procedure on his elbow. He's going to be out like three weeks. This so. is bad news for the Knicks. Like, I mean, well, I think they can maintain, and then if he's back and ready to go for a playoff push, I think they're going to be all right. Well, I think especially because they made the trade. Like they they brought in some yeah, reinforcements. Yeah, Alex Burks is back now. I think that's why they on. made the trade. Yes. Like they realize, hey, we got to get some reinforcements in here. Things are looking bleak right now, but still a, a fantastic run for the Knicks. And like losing this game doesn't make me any less bullish. On the no, Knicks. they're thirty-three and nineteen. Yeah, they're you know? they're playing good ball, man. And it's only February. Yeah, like if 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 Ananobi's back by April, like the Knicks will go on a little bit of a run, and and I think the Knicks can beat anybody in a seven-game series. It's going to be fun to see them in the playoffs. It really is. Maybe not the Celtics, but uh, it'll it'll be maybe, fun. Maybe not them. the Cavs. Yeah. I don't know. The Cavs are going to lose four games for the rest of the year. Uh, Bulls <laughs> beat the Grizzlies one eighteen one ten. Timberwolves over the Bucks one twenty nine one zero five. Um, maybe Doc Rivers wasn't. The best choice to take over this team? Now, no Lillard in this game. Let's keep that in mind. I don't care. Like, <laughs> you fired a coach that was 30 and 16. Like, I, 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 you brought in Doc Rivers, and you what has he, what he won? One game? Yeah. Two games? Now, listen. The Timberwolves are very good. I've been saying sure. this. Like, but, yeah. I mean, to, to be non-competitive at home against the Timberwolves, that's not a good sign for the Bucs. Um, but I think the Bucs were willing to say, okay, we may take a step back for a short term. Come playoff time, we're going to be better and more prepa- more prepared to win in I the guess, playoffs. I, guess. I saw somebody tweet out something funny. It's like, but no, it's ugly right now. No coach has done uh, less with more than Doc Rivers. You might be right. Uh, the Suns beat the Jazz one twenty nine one fifteen. Nuggets topped the Lakers one fourteen one oh six on the night they unveiled the Kobe Bryant uh, statue. Yeah, the statue is the image of Kobe walking off the court. On the 81-point night. Nice. Holding, pointing the one finger into the sky as he's walking off the court acknowledging the crowd after the 81-point performance. That's uh, That was the, um, the, the mold that they made the statue out of. Um, let's take a look at the schedule for tonight. The Hawks are at the Sixers. Atlanta laying three and a half. Wizards visit the Celtics. Boston, 16 and a half point favorites. Rockets at the Raptors. Toronto, two and a half point favorites. Hornets visit the Bucks. Milwaukee, 14 and a half point favorites. You want to lay 14 and a half with the Bucks? No, I don't. I don't care about, I mean, yeah, the Hornets stink, but I'm not laying 14 and a half yeah, with no, the Bucks. No chance. Second night of a back-to-back, and they stink? No. Uh, Nuggets are at the Kings. Sacramento, one and a half point favorites. Pelicans visit the Lakers. New Orleans, one and a half point favorites. 
College Hoops yesterday, there were two games in the top 25. I said, I don't know if I want to to take the points with Utah, but I'm not betting on Arizona. This is one of those where I, I was wrong, but I was right. Arizona, 105-99 winner. They cover as five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, winning the game by six, but it was in three overtimes. <laughs> so Utah right there in the mix the entire game. They don't cover in the third overtime. Brutal beat if you were a Utah backer. I did say I like the dog in UAB, Florida Atlantic. UAB as a five-and-a-half-point home dog wins outright in overtime over number 20, Florida Atlantic, 76-73. UAB takes down the Owls. Another short slate in the top 25 tonight. Number 18, Dayton, goes on the road. They are road favorites at VCU, one-and-a-half-point favorites for Dayton. And number 24, San Diego State. Scott, I think you would say this is a system System. play. The Aztecs, one-and-a-half-point dogs at Nevada. All right, let's go Nevada. Uh, Let's take a look at the schedule for uh, tomorrow, Saturday, big day in college hoops. Do we have potential system plays here and I'll actually call one I don't know what the, there's no spread on it right now but regardless of it being a system play or not I think Rutgers upsets number 11 Wisconsin at the rack it wouldn't shock me Wisconsin is coming off a a, a loss in to Michigan who is the worst team in the Big Ten right now which is crazy to think about given where they were two or three years ago mm-hmm. uh, but Michigan's an absolutely embarrassing program Wisconsin went on the road and lost to them my my concern backing Rutgers is they suck on offense they're sure. they're bad they are the number two ranked defense in Kimpom like they are a an elite defensive unit uh I'm not sure what the line will be exactly on this game. It's 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 going to borderline as a system possible. This is a this is one that you need to keep an eye on on Saturday. Uh, I'm guessing we're we're going to be looking at Wisconsin as probably a three point favorite. Okay. Uh, at Rutgers, so if you if you like the dog even better, yeah, uh, you, you can get a you could probably get a possession there, but I'm I'm not sure. Ken Palm makes it six. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you now from experience. Big Ten road teams are not they're not going to be more than a possession hardly at all, Uh, particularly, you know, Wisconsin, who's lost three straight games, uh, two of them on the road. They lost at Nebraska. They lost at Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that sandwich is a home loss to Purdue, which I mean, Purdue's the the best team in the conference. But I I don't think a team that's lost three straight is going to be more than a possession favorite on the road in the Big Ten. So uh, if you like Rutgers, I, I would jump on the earliest number you see. Because this is what's happened in the market every 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 weekend specifically. Mm-hmm. You're seeing as soon as those numbers open, home teams take money. Uh, so if you like Rutgers, I would say keep an eye on the open. Try and get outside of a possession. Okay, and that's it. I really don't think that we're going to see any other system plays uh, in college hoops coming up tomorrow. Yeah, the more I look at it, I think you're right. Uh, I, I, I went through the, uh, the schedule, and I, I think for the most part, the, the teams that are, you know, either the, there's – Dominant home teams mm-hmm. or dominant road teams or, or dominant road yeah. teams that are too dominant to like Houston at Cincinnati, Houston, yeah. North Carolina's at Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just not going to Illinois at Michigan State, although that one is going to be lined within a possession. And just to you know, throw it out there, if I don't know if you guys listen to uh, 
the college basketball podcast that I do with Griffin Warner. His best bet is on Michigan State this weekend. So uh, oh, then I'm on Michigan State then. Yeah, and by the way, Griffin's been phenomenal. Yeah, I'm on Michigan State then. Okay, so. that, that's my pick. Griffin's just on it too. Hockey last night, the Bruins blanked the Canucks for nothing. It was the Panthers over the Capitals 4-2. Flames 5-3 over the Devils. Flyers 4-1 win over the Jets. Hurricanes beat the Avalanche 5-2. The Islanders a 6-2 win over the Lightning. Boy, was I wrong on this one. And I think I'm just wrong on the Islanders now. They are they look like a different team after the All-Star break. Um, whatever Patrick Waugh has has done with this team, this is now two inspired efforts. I This is the two best games I've seen this team play. They looked great uh, in their win against Toronto. They looked great in the win last night against Tampa. So um, maybe the Islanders, like I said before, I should have taken my own advice. Maybe they're a team that's on the rise here. And our Golden Knights, a 3-2 win over the Coyotes. VGK, VGK. Just three games on the schedule for tonight. The Penguins are at the Wild. Pittsburgh, minus 120. Rangers visit the Blackhawks. New York, a massive favorite, minus 300. And also a massive favorite, the Oilers at the Ducks. Edmonton is minus 290. How do you feel about backing the Oilers after having their 16-game winning streak snapped? Do they restart a winning streak or do they lose back-to-back games I, that's a good question man i always wonder like about those things I, I my general thought is that there's a little a little bit of pressure taken off of them like it feels like you know you you get to close to like an all-time record there's a lot of pressure on you night in and night out which i think can lead to a loss which we both predicted uh vgk would win that game I think now with that pressure off, you, you start to play loose. And, I, I, I mean, I think this is still a very, very good team. So I, I, I tend to lean uh, towards playing them. All right. Well, I just pulled up the data here. So if your previous game was a loss, but prior to your loss, you had a winning streak of 11 or more games. The next game, 6-10 and 10 straight up. Okay. So that would mean fading the Oilers. If yeah. you bet on if you bet on those teams, so you bet on the team like the Oilers, you're minus eight eighty against them. You're plus six eighty one. Okay. So six and ten. Actually, the higher you go on the winning streak, the worse the record goes. So if you want a fourteen game win streak or higher, you're one and four straight up in your next game. Wow. So you think that maybe back or maybe fade them here? I think fade the Oilers. Okay. I, I mean, I would have thought pressure off, but maybe it's like. Maybe they're bummed out. I don't know. Yeah, I think we might have to feed the Oilers. Okay. Well, that'll wrap things up for us. And uh, reminder, you can still save some money on Super Bowl bets at pregame.com. Lots of cappers have packages on pregame.com that's not just for one bet. It's multiple bets. Fez has a prop package. I have a prop package. AJ, you got a prop package up? I will. Everyone's got packages up with multiple plays at pregame.com. Uh, some plays you've heard on the Dream Pod, some plays you've heard on SOV, others exclusive just for people up on pregame.com. Whatever you choose to purchase for this weekend and for the Super Bowl, we're going to give you $15 off. Actually, I'll tell you what. You're going to do them better? Yeah. What? Okay. Tell me if you like this. Free best bet for the Super Bowl. That's nice of you. Okay. All right. Here's what we're doing. This is unprecedented, by the way. <laughs> let's do this. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. 
Tom's going to be fine. He'll be okay. RJ, if RJ's mad at us, we'll just be like, listen. We'll just be fired, and there won't be a show on Monday. No, no big he, deal. But RJ does this all the time. Yeah, like, but he's it's his money, so, you know. Yeah, but he gives out better deals, like, all the time on the pod. <laughs> like, whenever we record the Dream Pod, he's like, I don't like this deal. I'm going to give out a better one. So, like, okay. it's the Super Bowl. I don't like this deal. Plus, we've given this code out for the past, like, three days. People okay. are using it already. Let's go, then. So, let's do this. Instead of $15 off, take $25 off. Let's make the promo code SUPER25, like Super Bowl. So SUPER25. If you use the promo code SUPER25, you can get $25 off of anything at pregame.com. That is a free three-star best bet or a free prop package. Like maybe, oh, I have $30 in my prop package. You get it for 5 bucks. That's pretty good. 5 bucks. Use this promo code SUPER25. Um, any package on pregame.com, any bet on pregame.com, take $25 off your coupon, your your pit, your package, whatever you want to buy, in our special Super Bowl offer, Super 25. Again, Super 25, that is the promo code for this weekend, for the Super Bowl. You get $25 to spend at pregame.com. Boom, did it. I like it. All right. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We will be back Sunday night into Monday morning recapping it all straight out of Vegas. Yeah, yeah.